oh, my name is my teacher. Because I was not a joyful person. I mean, I changed the spelling from J-O-Y to J-O-I-E in my high school French class because it was just too much pressure to have the name Mm J-O-Y. I couldn't relate to it. I felt like a phony. And even in my journey of learning how to be more emotionally connected, feeling joy was difficult. You know, being happy was never my goal, being fulfilled, fulfilling my, my potential and feeling, experience fulfillment. That was always my goal, but happiness would be nice, you know, but when I got the joy, it was like, oh, I have to train myself to feel the vibration because it's expansive. This is Unconditioning, Discovering the Voice Within with Whitney Ann Jenkins. Hello, and welcome to the 48th episode of Unconditioning, Discovering the Voice Within, where I bring on guests and we talk about the inner authentic voice and the challenges and the rewards that come from following it. This week, I have with me Joy Selden, Growing up, Joy Selden dreamed of becoming a movie star. Her struggle for that dream and ultimately falling short of it led to decades of the exploration and study of human nature, interpersonal relationships, and emotions. Drawing from her unique background as a career development coach, actor and acting teacher, somatic therapist, entrepreneur, and innovator in emotional intelligence, she created Emotions at Work online course to help business professionals navigate difficult relationships and the complexities of being human at work. She is the author of Emotions, an owner's manual, and has presented to worldwide audiences online and on stage about the benefits and success secrets of emotional intelligence in the workplace. She has coached clients at NASA, AT&T, Wells Fargo, Dolby, Project Management Institute, Blue Shield, Nudenix, and more. And I had a really, really lovely time talking to Joy. We, I think, are very much kindred spirits and have so many similarities to our backgrounds, leading from acting and then intertwining that into the personal development and psychology realm. And I just had such a great time talking to her about her journey and also acting in particular. It's always such a treat when I'm able to dive in and discuss that at a deeper level. I know that Joy has a lot of information and even some exercises that you can take with you to help you process your emotions and understand them a little bit better by the end of this interview. So here she is, Joy Selden. I feel like we have a lot in common in our backgrounds, actually, um, going from acting to studying so, sort of like emotions and psychology. So mm-hmm. that's exciting. We'll see some overlaps there, maybe. Yeah. So in order for you to be where you are now in your life, there's a lot of fascinating roads that I'm sure that you've taken to get there. And so because this podcast is about following the inner authentic voice, I like Mm -hmm. to to start by getting to know a little bit about Joy when 
she was beginning to blossom <laughs> and see like when the first time, like even I know that you have an acting background when that spark initiated with inside of you, mm -hmm. um, just uh, following that voice and that truth within you. Do you have a specific moment um, that you can recall understanding that you had an inner voice of your own and it wasn't influenced by your surroundings or anyone around you? I have a very specific incident, but as I've, I, I think about this, it actually goes back a lot further. I always felt like I was I didn't belong in my family because I had my my own perceptions. Uh, I had asthma as a kid, so I stayed home a lot mm -hmm. uh, by myself because my parents both worked. My siblings were much older. And um, and I watched old movies on TV and uh, I wanted to be Catherine Hepburn. Okay. She was my idol. Uh, I was in love with Fred Astaire because I was a dancer. Mm -hmm. I was in the San Antonio Civic Ballet Company. Uh, and there so there was something always calling me. And I, I ended up, my parents um, moved around a lot. My dad went to work for the Air Force and as a civilian, and I graduated from high school in Guam, and I just like, I have to get out of here. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I moved back to the States to go to college. And, but so in all of this is kind of this internal determination in spite of objections and, you know, things from my parents. And so I always had that inner voice, but the really profound moment was after I had moved to LA to be an actor and uh, I had gotten some work, but I was always broke and poor and uh, struggling and doing odd jobs and everything just to, to stay afloat. And one day I was standing in my bedroom and I, I felt so despondent that I just didn't know what to do. Mm. I didn't have my rent. I didn't have, I didn't, you know, I've, I was so naive when I moved to LA <laughs> Uh, with this dream of being a movie star. And I'm standing there literally stuck to the floor. And I hear this voice in my head, clear as a bell. That was the first time I heard this really distinct voice say, God does not mean for you to be miserable. Mm. And I just went, oh, wow, that sounds right then why am I miserable? And why is my family miserable? Why am I here? What are we doing here? Mm -hmm. why, why are we, why do we exist? And that moment I had this vow, I vowed to find out what the truth was about life. Yeah. And that sent me on a journey that I'm, in essence, I'm still on today. Yeah. Can we go back to the moment when you were watching the movies with Katherine Hepburn and, sure. and Fred Astaire? Because I would love to know like what it was about that that really like drew you in. Well, I Katherine Hepburn was a woman I had didn't know in my personal life. I lived in a very I grew up in Texas and a Southern Baptist, super conservative. And she was strong and uh, and self-willed, and um, and but she also was uh, funny and had this sexuality about her at times, and so she had this com this combination of things, 
and I wanted to be her. I realized later on uh, when my, my desire to be a movie star was really, <laughs> I wanted to be Catherine. <laughs> but that's, it, it opened up a, a world to me that I didn't know in my own life that was so much more interesting and compelling. And then with Fred, it was just the, the dancing. I was a dancer from day one. And so that that was uh, what I loved about him. Yeah, and and so you kept that dream through all of your transitions of moves with your family. And in uh-huh. Guam, was there any? In Guam, like, I started yeah. a ballet school. Wow. I taught ballet. Uh, I became a disc jockey for the Armed Forces Network, Guam. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I'm not even sure how that happened, yeah. but I, I did. And so I, I've always found the arts, the expression through the mm-hmm. arts and doing plays, um, extremely fr- freeing for me. That was where I got to feel like I was myself. Yeah. And and it seems like you aren't afraid to create an opportunity either when there might not be one around you. I, yeah, I, t- I didn't realize it till uh, maybe, I don't know, 20 years ago, which is still I, when I was in my fifties and I, I realized, yeah, I've been an entrepreneur <laughs> my whole life because <laughs> as an actor, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, if you, you are, if you don't do anything, nothing happens. Right. Yes. So how did that dream of yours compared to your actual experience of living in Los Angeles and pounding the pavement and trying to do the acting thing? Well, I was so naive, but what, what did happen that was fantastic. I had, I had met someone uh, in Texas who was on the road with a band and he, you know, gave me his number. If you're in, when you move to LA or you come to LA, you know, call me. And so I did. And I said, I want to get into an acting class. I thought that would be a great way to meet people, to find out what was going on. And he told me about improv classes that were run by the committee, which was an improvisational theater company at the time. And so I showed up, uh, I think that was classes were a dollar. So it was in my budget. <laughs> and I, I had been a very shy and saw myself as an introvert. I'd been a very shy person, but these improv classes just were liberating. So I ended up eventually, um, when the committee left, a company called the Synergy Trust was formed, and I became the youngest member of the Synergy Trust, and we did completely improvised shows, and I did that for five years. Wow. Okay. And yeah. So that I, I did get, so I eventually got an agent, and I got a little bit of work, but I, I got to do this improvisation, and that was also life-changing. Okay. And so when was that moment in comparison to the one where you were describing, um, you were laying despondent on your floor and um, (laughs) had this message that you didn't need to be miserable? Well, I didn't make any money doing the improv. (laughs) Uh, You know, so I, I, uh, I was still pretty nice. I was, I was in the company at at the time. And uh, I've actually, by that point, it had ended. Uh, there were kind of internal politics going on that we be, we decided to do, to lead ourselves. And as a group, it didn't quite work out so well <laughs> when we didn't have a leader. And uh, so it was a great experience, but it was over at that point. And that's when I started to really feel lost. Yeah. So what was it um, that from that moment, where did you go? Um, what I, I asked, I asked for guidance. Mm-hmm. 
I just intuitively asked for guidance and I would find a book in a bookstore and read it. I don't remember the names of those books at this point in time, but it was a long time ago. But I just had this intention of seeking. Mm -hmm. And eventually I uh, got involved with, so I took an acting, I kept acting. So I was in an acting class and um, the teacher of that class was into metaphysics and was a bunch of the students were all into metaphysics. And so I got involved and took a class in metaphysics and uh, eventually read the book, The Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes. And that taught me that I wasn't a victim of circumstances, Mm -hmm. that I had choice. And that was a really profound uh, experience. Yeah, I was just going to ask you because of your conservative background, um, how how you were able to navigate that, um, but you just answered, so. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, I always had issues <laughs> with, with the, like, why are we bowing our heads? If God's in heaven, why aren't we looking up? You know, that started when I was uh, about eight or eight, seven or eight or something, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I have similar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I had a, uh, do, do you ever do sense memory work? I've done it a little bit. Yeah. So I was in a class and we did sense memory work and I was doing sense memory work for when I was baptized in the church and in the baptism, we, I was literally dunked into water. I was, oh, I was wow. 11, I was 11 and I went into a tank of water and I was dunked back into the water. So I was doing this memory sense memory. And all of a sudden I became so angry mm. because I had been sold, uh, I had been sold something, but not taught the meaning of it. Yeah. You know, so that's, that was, um, that was an, an interesting experience. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I imagine I can, I can actually um, feel how that could feel um, with just you describing that. Moment. I have, like, I don't, I I'm doing this thing and it's so, cause it was all emotional pull you know, the songs, the music, the preacher, and all of this, like pulling you in emotionally, but not connecting it to the intellect and and Mm -hmm. to the understanding and, you know, how to live my life other than being in the fear of God, which never made sense to me. Right. And so you're taking these acting classes Mm -hmm. um, and you are choosing to take charge of your life and you don't have to be a victim of your circumstances anymore. Yes, yes. So where, what happens next? I, one of the things that I did instinctually was to feel the depth of my feelings. And so as I got more into it, I was learning that uh, first of all, I w- was very interested in practical metaphysics. I wasn't interested in airy fairy, let's just all love everybody kind of thing. And I got ta- turned on to a teacher, um, waiting tables in LA. What else does an actor do but wait tables? <laughs> and I, um, and so I, I was really looking at the specifics under trying to understand the behavior, which is another thing that I think acting is really wonderful at teaching you motivation and understanding why do we behave the way we do. And I began to look at my own behavior and beliefs that I had that caused fear. And, uh, but as I would feel the fear, then I, it would open up an epiphany. It would be like, Oh, I'd have some kind of realization, some kind of insight 
and and I would became uh, more free uh, in, in terms of my uh, having more fun, engaging more with others because I'd been very shy, became more outgoing, and uh, and I was a survivor, so I was always working. But I realized that the spiritual, uh, the spirituality of my life became equal, if not more important than whether I was successful as an actor or not. And eventually, um, I left acting because it, it just the lifestyle of it was difficult. And I just put my focus on growing spiritually as a person. Mm-hmm. So what was there a particular moment when you decided to hang up your acting hat? Um, yes, I, I was doing a metaphysical workshop and the, the teacher said, on the break, I want you to answer this question. What would you do if you could not fail? And I'm going, oh, yeah, yeah. And I went, oh, screw it. <laughs> I'd moved to San Francisco. <laughs> My best friend had, uh, who was in, uh, who I'd met through metaphysics, she, she had moved to the Bay Area and she loved it. And I never felt it quite at home in LA. And I just decided that I was going, if I'm a, if I'm a loser, I'll stay. If I'm a winner, I'll go. And so I left and I just left it all behind and, over time, interestingly enough, I got involved in a, in a support group and our group was to tell ourselves the truth about what we really wanted to do in life and then take action. And the truth that we were to tell ourselves was the emotional truth. Mm-hmm. And I had already done quite a bit of work and gotten really in tune with my emotions. And when I did that, I went, oh, I, I feel like I want to act again. I miss it. I really missed it. And so I auditioned for a play. I got in in the middle of it. The director quit. I volunteered. I ended up directing the play, <laughs> uh, got an agent and started acting, but with a very different attitude this time. I wasn't attached to my self-worth and self-value as to whether I got a gig or not. Um, so it, it all evolved. And then eventually I went yeah. into teaching. Yeah, isn't it funny how that happens when you don't care about it so much that things trickle in and yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that that don't take things too personally, right. yeah. And then it was fun. Mm-hmm. What play was it? You know, I don't remember. <laughs> it wasn't a known play. It was some local person putting on their play in a little tiny theater well that's okay that counts yes it does it does and I'm sorry I apologize (laughs) I don't remember the name of it that's all right so you were living in San Francisco and Mm -hmm. you were in alignment with yourself Mm -hmm. in your emotions and you were doing this play and so what happens um, I feel like you you taught acting too. Was that in San Francisco? Yes, I started. Yes, I took. So then I and after I got the play and I went, oh, this feels really good. I'm happy to do this again. Uh, I got into an acting class again. Again, I thought, oh, well, this is what I need. And uh, the the teacher uh, was a film um, film acting. And the teacher was like the one of the best acting schools in San Francisco. And after a while, I became his uh, assistant. Mm-hmm. And then he invited me to teach a class um, to beginning students. So, I, you know, it's it's um, 
things just keep, and then there was someone I met there who had a, uh, actually that was, I'm sorry, I got a little confused because it was so long ago. Uh, there was a regular acting class. And then it's just like, wow, I, I, I can express myself in a whole other level than I could earlier. So I think my acting got way better. And then I wanted to make some money at it. And I started, a, I took a commercial audition class and that's the teacher that asked me to teach for his school. So then I taught beginning on camera acting uh, and it was his method. So, which was fine. Uh, but I found that I had a certain gift for teaching and I, it always, I felt free when I was teaching it was not in my ego at all. Yeah. So how would you, as an acting teacher and someone who's been an actor also, <laughs> how would you, express the importance of emotional intelligence within acting? Oh, well, one of the things that I did was I, when I, I had an epiphany that I was here to teach people how to feel, that was another inner voice speaking. And in that class, it was called accessing your emotions. And I found that people their acting dropped into a level of reality when they got in touch with their own emotions instead of portraying emotions. And I think that it's extremely important because not only for the quality of your acting and your ability to go to places, but also in how you handle and manage having a career, going on auditions, having the, you know, the disappointments of the not getting the jobs or the issues that come up. Uh, so I, I mean, I think it's a value in all stages of life, but for actors, you, there's the added bonus of it being beneficial to your work and to the quality and depth of your work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it frees up uh, in the class, one of the things I had this exercise that, that, that students would just get in touch with the thing that blocked them in terms of their self-confidence, the belief in themselves, because we have a lot of unconscious, unspoken um, things in our, in, our, in our being that our beliefs, experiences that, that stop us, that we're just not aware of. And so when you can bring that connection to those through your emotions, through feeling your shame, for example, which is a difficult emotion for people, but there's a gift in that. And when you can access that gift, it just frees up all kinds of um, aspects of your ability to take action on what you really want to do and who you want to be. Yeah. Um, and there's parts of acting, at least to me, that I've experienced the moments where it feels like you're in a flow, uh -huh. um, yeah. like a, a moving meditation almost. Yeah. Um, it seems like maybe those moments are connected with the moments when you're really allowing yourself to feel those emotions without any kind of um, censoring. Yes. Yes. Cause you're not afraid of feeling them. Mm -hmm. They'll, they will flow through you. My, my motto is that life is richer when you feel it. 
So there's a richness that comes into your own experience, even if you're in a scene where you're devastated. <laughs> I actually love those kinds <laughs> of rich, you know, scenes because of being in touch with grief or rage uh, on a free level where it's just flowing is really actually quite fulfilling and exciting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> And the connection with other people when you're doing it is like, well, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, you were teaching acting classes and uh, where do you go from there to um, writing a book and everything that you were doing now? <laughs> well, I, I was teaching the class and students would come say, yeah, my, my acting is better and this is affecting my life. I have this conversation with my husband, or I realize I need therapy, or this, whatever it is that they were telling me. And I was thinking, wow, this is, there's something bigger than me going on here. And I realized that I wanted to be able to handle whatever happened if somebody got triggered, because I know people have trauma and they have issues of powerful issues. And I wanted to be able to handle things. So I decided to go back to school and get a master's. Eventually I, I, I went back to school for transpersonal psychology, but I ended up discovering and falling in love with somatic psychology. So I got a master's in somatic counseling psychology because soma is the whole person, including the body. Mm. And, and it made so much sense because emotions are a biological information system. So things that I had learned through, and, and my class, Accessing Your Emotions, had had aspects of metaphysics. It had part of my spiritual growth. It had uh, acting tools and techniques. It had sense memory and other things uh, and intention and all of the other aspects of acting. Uh, but this thing was bigger than me. And I went to see... Um, a counselor because uh, I I'd felt like even though I was now making my living as an actor and acting teacher, I had finally gotten married. I had not been able to have relationships work when I was mm. younger. And I, so at 45, I got married. Uh, I was living in the Marina district of San Francisco, which is just like so wonderful. And I thought I was, you know, I'm, I've arrived. That's it. And I hear this voice. You talk about the inner voice mm -hmm. and this voice in my head kept saying, now what? Mm. now what so I had a consultation with this spiritual person and she said well what do you do better than anybody else in the world and at first I just froze because it was the most intimidating question I've ever been asked me more than anybody but before I could think out of my mouth came I feel and then I said oh my god my name is joy I think I'm supposed to teach people how to feel. And, and so that's when I actually created the accessing emotions class. So then when I went to grad school and then I got that information and I said, like, I have, I created a system. I ended up having this system of what are emotions and what is sadness and what is fear and anger and how do they operate in the body and what is their purpose? And uh, so then I realized that uh, I need to put it in a book. And if I don't write this book, I won't for I'll never forgive myself. So I, I spent about two years actually over in the long run, uh, writing the book, Emotions and Owner's Manual. 
So that's, that's what yeah. that led to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure that was a really, um, intense and fascinating process of writing a book. It, it was, it was, it, and I just had this compulsion to, to do it. And, um, and it's the funny thing to me was, it's a surprising thing. So I, in the book are uh, segments on sadness, fear, anger, and joy. These are the four fundamental cornerstone emotions out of which all other feelings come. This is my perception and belief. And I went, oh, fear and anger. I, you know, I know a lot about that. I've done a lot of work with that. I've worked with clients and students. And, and um, when I got to joy, I thought, oh, that'll be easy. And I ended up spending as much time, right? So I wrote so much about it because I was discovering things as I wrote. And I couldn't put it all in the book. I had to actually take a whole segment out because it just didn't fit in. But what I discovered in that is that joy is the emotion of connection. So it's not about, it's happiness, yes, is, can be part of it, but it's our sense of connection to ourself, to others, to spirit, to nature, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it's not the exclusion of other emotions, but the inclusion of all our feelings when we are authentically connected to what we're feeling. Wow, yeah. I feel like you're kind of like intuitively reading my mind because you're answering questions that I'm about to ask you. <laughs> because I was going to ask you what you learned about yourself during the process of writing your book. And there you go. <laughs> and that's it. And my name is Joy, you know. So right. it was like, oh, my name is my teacher. Oh. Because I was not a joyful person. I mean, I changed the spelling from J-O-Y to J-O-I-E in my high school French class because I, it was just too much pressure to have the name J-O-Y. Mm -hmm. I couldn't relate to it. I felt like a phony. And even in my journey of learning how to be more emotionally connected, feeling joy was difficult. You know, being happy was never my goal, being fulfilled, fulfilling my, my potential and feeling experience fulfillment. That was always my goal, but happiness would be nice, you know, but when I got the joy, it was like, oh, I have to train myself to feel the vibration mm. because it's expansive. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it also seems like the voice that was guiding you is not letting you uh, rest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I'm still, still talking to me. <laughs> um, it wants you to keep going and, and understand that we're always ever changing and there's no like yes. really um, moment that you achieve and then you're done. It's, that's that's yeah. right. Exactly. Well, that, that goal that I had, for uh, learning what the truth was about life, when I back in back in my first really big pivotal pivotal moment, I realized that we don't know what the truth is, the truth. No one knows the truth about life, but what we can know is the moment to moment truth of how we feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that can guide us. Yes, and we live in a society where feeling is so not accepted or blocked off from so many yeah. different I, uh, 
we've got it all backwards mm-hmm. is how I just, just recently, this has come to me in this thought. And now of course I say, come voice, come, <laughs> you know, I, I listen to it for sure now. Cause it's always been right. Um, but that idea that emotions are actually the thing that we all share. We can have different cultures, different ethnicities, different, different, uh, backgrounds and all of that, genders, gender orientation, all of that. But we share when we, when I feel angry and you feel angry, we have something in common. And so I really am moving more and more towards my, my vision is that to promote the idea that we're going to connect through the thing that everybody tells you makes you weak. You should, you know, that's a bad emotion. There's no negative emotion. There is only the reaction to it, the suppression, denial, or being overwhelmed by it that creates a negative circumstance. Not, it's not the emotion itself. Yes. And also I feel that I feel, (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, that the more specific you get in sharing your emotions and your experiences, strangely, the more that someone else can relate. Yes. Yes. Brilliant. I totally concur with that. (laughs) Yes. It's like the specifics of acting. The more specific Mm -hmm. you are in your choices, the richer your acting is. And it's the same with emotions the more specific you are, because there are nuances. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I distinguish is there are primary emotions and there are feelings. So if we say I'm anxious, it's it's a kind of general term. You can say you're anxious and I can say I'm anxious, but I don't know exactly what your anxiety is Mm -hmm. like. But if you say, well, I have about, I'm feeling fear and my fear is about this. And I also have some anger about that. And and then there's some grief over here, a little bit of grief that's coming in, and that's my anxiety. And I go, oh, now I can understand. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with you. <laughs> Goody. <laughs> so, so now you're, um, you're taking the principles that you wrote about in your book, and you're coaching others on how mm-hmm. to access their emotions. Yes. So what is the process like? Do you mind sharing like some of your techniques? Uh- I sure, uh, absolutely. And I do a lot of, uh, I kind of got into working with people in the business world. Uh, I'd actually started out having a lot of actor clients when I was a somatic therapist. Uh, and I do find that, um, that, uh, working with people in the business world surprised me because they're, they're creative. They have trauma. We all have trauma. I don't think you can get past the age of two and not have trauma in in the modern world. Uh, But what I do is start with looking at your beliefs and attitudes about, you know, what were you taught? I have a questionnaire uh, that I have people fill out. So there's goals and all of that, but it's like, you know, how did your parents handle emotions? You know, what, and looking at what you believe about specific emotions, because we have a lot of false beliefs and there's a lot of myths. And then it starts with basic education. So for example, fear, you know, we, fear runs a lot of our choices uh, unconsciously. If your life is directly threatened, you have fight or flight. 
You have this instinct that's there to move faster than you can consciously think so that you can save yourself. It's a lot of it is about safety. Mm -hmm. And in interpersonal relationships, when fear comes up, its message is pay attention. It's not that there's anything wrong. It's just something needs to be paid attention to. And so it starts with a fundamental education of what are emotions, what's the inherent meaning in these different emotions. And then you get to know what help goes on in your own body. Because mm-hmm. fear is a contracting emotion. Each emotion has a, a, a you, you, I think, you, you know, the idea that emotions are energy in motion. They have a direction of motion. So sadness is inward moving. Fear is inward moving. Anger is outward moving. Joy is outward moving. So they have these directions. So it starts with that. And then there are things around boundaries, energetic boundaries, <laughs> how to create space for yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You read my mind again. I was going to ask you the importance of boundaries um, and, and how to apply them, especially um, when you get into people like actors who are, you know, generally more uh, empathic than most people. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, my lesson in boundaries was in grad school and we had a guest teacher and we had a, we were in a big room. They cleared all the chairs away. So we were in a big circle and he had a student stand at one, one side of the circle and he stood at the other and he walked very slowly to this person until he got right in front of his face. And he said, oh, this person has very tight, close held boundaries. He wasn't affected at all by this person walking towards him. So I volunteered for the next round I'm standing on one side of the teacher stands with his side to me on the opposite side of the room. And he turns towards me and I flinch. Mm. And he said, ah, your boundaries are way out here. And that was my, the start of my journey. And I found that I work with every client I have, we end up having to do boundary work because it's not taught, especially women, not mm exclusively, but especially women, to be able to set boundaries and to be there, they should be permeable, but you need to be the one who chooses so that you can literally pull that energy into you. You can make it strong, you can make it soft, and you create space for yourself within your boundaries. It's not just about keeping negative things out. It's about creating space in which you can function at your best. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of um, my study and research on boundaries specifically for actors uh-huh. um, because I, I find it fascinating, um, especially because like showmances um, are so <laughs> commonplace mm-hmm. um, and, and we're not really taught as actors how to create a boundary between like the rehearsal or show process and then our real lives. We're not shown how to create that separation. Yes. 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 It's, there are internal boundaries, external boundaries, physical boundaries, mental boundaries. It's huge and so important. I love that you're doing that. And I think for actors in particular, because they're, we have a heart involved in the work. You know, I've, I, when I was a teacher, I had many different students from many walks of life, many, many who were, well, I'm going to take an acting class, even though I'm a, you know, 
a lawyer or I'm a nurse or I'm a, and they're all people who have this desire to, for self-expression. And it's not a mental expression. It's a heart expression is what I believe. Mm, yes, absolutely. And so you you work with actors and now the business people. And so what do you find most common with the business folks that you work with as far as um, their emotions and, and their feelings? They, they have the same issues no matter what country they live in or what culture they come from. They're the, a common theme is that they have something that they want to say. They see something in the company they work for that needs fixing or that could be done better or they're being treated by someone else in, uh, in a disrespectful or dismissive way. And they want to speak up. They want to contribute. They want to um, give something of themselves rather than just, you know, the technical aspect. And they have fear. They don't know how. They, they just don't even know how to begin. And they end up feeling either... Uh, full of fear or full of anger, (laughs) (laughs) resentful, pissed off. (laughs) And they don't, and they're, they're scared. I had a woman said, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm afraid that if I don't get help that I'm just going to blow up at at work and I'm going to lose it. Uh, And so one of the things I start with is boundaries so that you can create a space for you to hold that. And I've seen people completely transform relationships with other people. A lot of it is personal. You know, it may look like it's something to do with the job or the work, but it's always about our personal lives, our personal issues, or maybe it's about parental stuff, even for women in their forties and fifties who are taking care of their aging parents there are a lot of, uh, that shows up a lot, surprisingly. It was to me at first. But... Yes. Yeah. Um, did you find that this intensified during COVID? Did, did you see? Uh... <laughs> it was interesting because, uh, you know, people said, oh, you must be so busy with COVID. But I found that people really there went into the isolation piece and kind of stayed there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have done, uh, I, I have done work. I've, what the people that have shown up for me are what are called HSPs and they're highly sensitive people. I I've always known I was highly sensitive. I think a lot of actors are highly sensitive. That's part of their gift. Um, and, but I didn't know there was an actual scientific designation called HSP, until I got on Clubhouse. I don't know if you're familiar with yes. Clubhouse. There's an HSP room and I, I'm now a co-moderator in that room. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, cause I love supporting uh, sensitivity in people so that yeah. you recognize that it is a strength. Yes. I think it also like helps you access your, your authenticity too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the world needs sensitivity. We have so many people so cut off from their feelings because they don't feel safe and they don't know how to manage that. So that's, that's, uh, and, and overwhelm, uh, burnout. So I do presentations and talk about 
how to build up and not burn out and uh, give skills, you know, just some basic uh, tools and techniques. And I'm happy to share some today with your, your listeners. Yeah. yeah, we'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I give you one right now that I actually learned from an acting. Um, actually, I learned this from a friend, but it's uh, I also learned one that I loved from one of my acting teachers who, who I ended up teaching for his school uh, because the emotions happen in the body. And when we get anxious, when we go into fight or flight, and we may not think, you know, I'm in fight or flight, but it's that, that survival instinct that kicks in, we contract and all of your energy comes up around your head, neck and shoulders. You know, that's why people get stiff necks and, you know, because our four out of our five senses are located in this area, our sight for seeing, nose for smelling, our taste and our hearing. We perceive things from the outside world through our five senses. Now, of course, we have a sixth sense and probably other senses, but that intuitive sense that you talk about, that inner voice, that's something else, Mm -hmm. but it's all related. But the idea is that because uh, we are, our safety instinct kicks in. So all the energy comes up around our head, neck, and shoulders. So the first thing to do is not to try to get rid of the tension or get rid of the stress but to flow energy down into the lower part of your body. Mm. And the quickest way to do this is called the three balls technique. This is my most popular (laughs) tool. (laughs) So I'm happy to share it. And it is the first is that uh, put your attention on the balls of your feet. Yi Dao Shi Dao. I studied Qigong and in martial arts, Yi Dao Shi Dao, where your attention goes, so goes your energy. This is why when you worry, 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 that all your energy is going to go to thinking about what's going to go wrong. So you put your attention on the balls of your feet. And if anybody listening isn't sure where that is, it's that little pad area between your toes and your arch of your foot. Okay, you got that? Yes. (laughs) Now you put your attention at the same time, if you're a woman, on your ovaries, if you're a man, on your testicles. So you're putting your attention your focus on the balls of your feet and your ovaries or your testicles. And now we add the third one, which is your eyeballs. Not even your whole eye, just your eyeballs. So your attention is on the balls of your feet, your ovaries or testicles, and your eyeballs. And then just notice. What do you notice? Oh, yeah. My awareness is totally different. <laughs> Say more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm I'm zooming out in perspective. Like if I if I if I maintain that for a while by myself, I could probably like go pretty far out. Uh-huh. So your perspective is it's you have like, a wider, a broader yeah. perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Great. And what I've seen uh, when I used to teach a a class called having fun with fear and auditions, (laughs) (laughs) and it was all about managing emotions for auditions. And uh, I would see people's whole demeanor. (sighs) They take a breath, they'd settle into their bodies, their face, face would change from this 
tense, pinched, you know, lines in the forehead kind of thing to just this openness. And so this is a tool you can do anytime, anywhere, and nobody knows what you're doing, but it brings you down into your body. And at the same time, it connects your brain, your thinking, your mind to the rest of your body and to your power center, your lower, excuse me, your lower abdomen. Mm-hmm. And then your feet for grounding. So you're grounded, you're in your power center and in your thinking mind all at the same time. Yeah, that's fabulous. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be really, really helpful for people. Um, it's a, It has a very gentle feeling to it also. Yes, you're not efforting. Mm-hmm. There's no effort to it. It's It's just awareness. Yeah. And then the energy flows. Wow. Great before an audition. Yeah. I or would. you're ready to perform or mm-hmm. or a job interview. Or a job a, interview. Yeah. Um, like yeah. 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 Gonna have a difficult conversation. Mm-hmm. In fact, on my website I offer five tips to prepare for a difficult conversation. And I actually take people uh, through, uh, there's an audio, um, guided, uh, experience that goes with part of that. And that's taking them through energetic boundaries mm. and then recognizing, you know, getting into the body. So it's all super important right now, especially. Yes. 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 We're, I think that this is a evolutionary time and, and evolution is, not pretty. <laughs> right. You have to get right? uncom- uncomfortable for a while. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's so many people avoid emotions because, oh, it's so uncomfortable. But what's the alternative? Well, I, I feel like we're getting to the point where we're getting collectively uncomfortable and we can't ignore it any longer. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and so people are going to either have to get comfortable with it or... I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> right. And, and um, oh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I just heard this <clears throat> the other day. I, I've always said that emotions come and go. They flow. You get the message and they move through you. Sadness is the one that has its own timing. Sadness is about loss. And when we have a major loss, it takes some time to process that loss. And even then, 20 years later, you can think of a person who who meant a lot to you and you can get sad in a moment about that, but it doesn't mean you're carrying sadness all that time. So somebody is has sort of proved on a, doing scientific studies of the brain and the body um, electric system that emotions last about 90 seconds. When we allow them, when we feel them, they last about 90 seconds and then they're gone. So that discomfort is really not going to last all that long. It lasts when you hold on to the yeah. emotion or when you deny it or suppress it. That energy is in your body and it's going to stay there until you hear it or get it. And that can mean back problems, stomach aches, ulcers, Mm-hmm. All kinds of ailment, ailments. It affects your autonomic nervous system. It affects your immune system. Yeah. Yeah. That's not something that we're taught. No. 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 We're taught, take this pill, drink this drink, buy this product and feel better. Right. When your ability to feel better is inside of you. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I just am, I just am imagining like the difference my life would have been if I had learned that like as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's a, don't get me started on that one. <laughs> but that's why I wanted to put it, write a book too. Cause it's a, uh, I I've had parents say, yeah, this is the, all parents should have this book because it's something we can teach our children because it's, it's simple. It's not, it's really not complicated. But and there are wonderful um, organizations and people who are doing work specifically with children mm -hmm. to teach them emotional intelligence and and teach them to recognize. I mean, and kids, you're already connected to the emotion. You just right. need the message that that's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, support and empathy and compassion and all of that. Absolutely. Okay, so if someone would like to work with you, where can we guide them? Uh, well, that you can go directly to my calendar and schedule a complimentary half hour consultation just to talk and see if it's the right match and what your needs are at joytotherescue.com. And it is spelled J-O-I-E as in joie de vivre. <laughs> so joytotherescue.com. You can also go to my website and just check out uh, information and offerings at joyselden.com. So it's J-O-I-E-S-E-L-D-O-N.com. I do have a course called Emotions at Work, so people in the workplace can check that out. It, it's a fantastic online course that I have. Excellent. I'll, I'll put all of those links into the show notes so people can click on them very easily. Great. Thank you. This has been so fun talking about acting. I can't tell you. I just like, I, I love it. And there are times when I think I really need to teach acting again, because I love actors, love working with actors, um, creative people um, are beautiful people in the world and also need support. We all need support. But. Absolutely. Yeah, I might sign up for this uh, consultation. We'll see, we'll see what uh, great. happens. Great. <laughs> oh, love that. <laughs> uh, love that. Yeah. So to wrap up the conversation, I usually ask one question. Okay. And that is, if your inner voice had a billboard, what would it say to the world? Life is richer when you feel it. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you're listening and you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and rating this podcast as it really helps get this podcast out to other people who might be interested in hearing it but don't know about it yet. And also, if you'd like to contact me or reach me, you can reach me at unconditioningpodcast at gmail.com or unconditioningpodcast on Instagram. Thank you so much. And until next time... Stay tuned in to you.